how's it going? Welcome to the latest instalment of the Point 99 podcast, season 4, episode 3. I wanted to kick things off today with a huge thank you to everyone who tuned in for episode 2 with David Wright. The reception has been overwhelmingly positive and usually I don't give analytics a second thought. I do this for fun and if people listen and enjoy what I'm doing, excellent. If not, it is what it is. The numbers have, however, been the highest out of every episode so far on its first few days. So I'm thrilled that people want to hear David's story and having spoken to the man himself, he is as well. Hopefully we can make it a similar occurrence for today's guest and share her story far and wide. Before I get carried away though, let's get on with the intro. For anyone new to the show, what is the Point 99 podcast? We're a running podcast for the everyday runners out there. If you're new to running, we hope to have guests, topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. For any seasoned runners, maybe we'll have some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences and predicaments. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments, we hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity and hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. Right, a quick heads up, I'm going to run through the social section early again this episode If you want to skip it, jump on 30 seconds to a minute. If you do like what you hear today though, the best way to support the podcast is to do what you're doing right now, to download or stream the show. A quick share with your family and friends or a share on social media alongside a tag wouldn't go amiss either. These are just two free ways that you can show your support for what I'm doing. If you'd like to show your physical support for the podcast, you can do that by purchasing a t-shirt from our merchandise partners over at Twisted Running. All proceeds stay with Twisted and help them grow their brand and continue to provide valuable collaborations with running groups and podcasts like ourselves. The quality of their product is also top-notch. I'm not getting paid to say that. I use my own money to buy the show's t-shirts and I only have positive things to say about them. You can find a direct link to the Twisted 99 page on our website, thepoint99podcast.com or by Googling Twisted Running. Dropping them a follow on social media would also be a great thing to do. The show is available on all major podcast platforms, so if your friends or family don't like using Apple or hate using Spotify, there's always an alternative for them. You can also find every episode streamable on our website as well via the inbuilt player on the episodes page. Finally, we're on both Instagram and Facebook. Just search the Point 99 podcast if you'd like to follow what we're doing over there. If you want to get in contact, you can always leave a comment on any of the posts, drop a direct message or email me at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com. You'll be pleased to know that going forward, all of that will be going back at the end of the episodes again. I just brought it forward to give it a little bit of an airing for anyone who switches off once the guest interviews are done. Moving on and catching up on my week in running. There was a distinct lack of any real mileage for a few days, but things are starting to pick up again. 
The Highland weather really has been hitting us hard of late, either being too snowy, too windy or too rainy to contend with. I'm not talking like a little of each. I'm talking gale force, snowdrift, new lock forming quantities. And it's been like that for two, three, even four weeks. It's been really difficult to, to handle. A few days off never go amiss and allowed me to catch up on some much needed rest. I've been keeping it constant in the shed though, plenty of strength and conditioning to embrace a fuller, fitter figure. Anyone who follows the Instagram page will have seen a reel on what I've been doing to make a space that I'm happy to head into for non-running days and keep the momentum gained from last year up and rolling. In the community, there were a few things on the go, from the Pentland Posse to a variety of winter warmer races on the go. Uncle Lee did what Uncle Lee does best and took a pack of feral trail-loving lunatics up into the Pentlands to help our guest today celebrate her birthday. I'm actually disappointed because for any of the posts I've seen, which might I add guys, you need to take more photos and mix things up a bit. I felt a little bit like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day or that I'd somehow repeatedly missed liking the same post about 12 times. Anyway, it doesn't look like Lee got anyone lost, let alone himself. So I feel he might need to find a new stomping ground to add that spice back into his runs and anyone who joins him. Winter warmer wise, we had a few past guests and future guests in action across several events across the whole of the UK. A big shout out, however, to Ryan for a phenomenal personal best. It's a given that Ryan will be getting some serious personal best time gains this year across the distances, and I can't wait to see it happen. The dude's been putting in some seriously hard work and deserves the rewards that are surely coming his way. Congratulations to everyone else that was taking part at a winter warmer, though. They did look like fantastic events, so I'm a little bit jealous that I wasn't neither one to take part myself. Staying on topic for the community and looking at the results of the question I put to you all in episode two. I asked if you could run with anyone, athlete, celebrity or someone from within the wider community who you don't get the opportunity to run with normally, who would it be? Once again, the response has been better than I could have hoped for. I'll start with my good friend and previous guest to the show, Patrick Watkins, Pat said that since he's already run with myself, he would say that he would like to run with Dean Carnazes, the ultra marathon man. Hopefully I'm saying that correct. The bearded beauty and show's co-founder, runner man Steve, would love to run with Barack Obama as the man's talks inspired him. He'd love to have a chatty run with the dude. Last week's guest, David Wright says, my wife, because they always share parenting duties, so they never get the chance to run together. I also checked that he said it in the Borat fashion, uh, as I initially read it in my head, and he did confirm that is exactly the way he said it. My lovely little pocket-sized pal, Gies Fowler, better known as Gies on the Run, said that she wants to run with me. We have been at events together in the past, but I'm always off pushing for a PB 
or in one significant case, visiting any number of public facilities. So our runtime together is very limited. A rapid paced Edinburgh fella. No, not David Wright again. No, no. This time, A.B. McCracken. A.B. would like to run with Bob Burrell, the Kilsyth runner, as Big Bob seems like he'd be a good laugh. As rapid as Bob is as well, though, I think, A.B., you might need to slow your pace down a little bit for that session to take place, pal. My lovely wife responded and said that she would like to run with Luna, the best girl that's our dog, who she always runs with. I think that's more of a jibe at me for being the bad man who doesn't run with either of them. I don't take the dog out running. I take her out walking, but I don't take her out running. And you always get that kind of puppy dog eyes when I'm heading out that I'm just disappearing and leaving them again. Our baguette-wielding bestie, Peter, has a burning desire to run with Keanu Reeves. I wonder why that might be, Peter. All in good sporting mindset, I hope. Stuart runs a lot, that he does indeed, says he'd like to run with Jamie's running from Instagram, as well as last week's guest, David, and a tall bloke called Steve. Steve Cram, I'm assuming I, the famous British track and field star for days gone by. There are so many people out there in the community, either listeners or on Instagram, that I would love to run with and have the opportunity to run with. Some are going to become a reality in the near future, but if I could pick only one person, I would have to say Runnerman Steve. We started this adventure together a year ago because we had similar running mindsets and our times were fairly well matched as well. I've had the pleasure of running with a few past guests before, but sadly, so far not with my past co-host. Hopefully we can make that happen sooner rather than later, and fingers crossed, maybe at some point this year. But out with the old and in with the new. What I want to know for episode four is if you had the opportunity and chance to run only one of the world majors, which would you choose and why? Now, let's say that you haven't run any of the majors at this point. Even if you have, let's clean the slate and you have the opportunity to run only one and you would never get the opportunity to run any of the others after that point. So let's just target one and let me know why. While you're mulling that one over, let's move on to this week's guest. And before we do that, I want to apologise in advance, not only to you guys, the listeners, but also to my guest. I feel my interviewing was appalling on this one, but that might be due to the fact that we spoke for over an hour before hitting record, generally catching up and talking rubbish to each other. I did, however, love having the opportunity to showcase someone who has really been there for the podcast throughout its trials pretty much since day one. And she's also one of the select few who own one of the 0.99 buffs, which I don't even own myself anymore. If I can urge you to stick around after the interview is done as well, because I've been asked to tag on a few additions at the end that were missed during our chat. But with that, let's get over to hear how bad my interviewing really was and learn a little bit more about the past, 
present and future with my good friend and community superstar Nick Knack Mara Runs Nikki Sheridan. What can I say about the third guest into the hot seat? Well, I could easily start by waxing lyrical about how positive and supportive she is to everyone in the running community. Moreover, she has been a constant source of support, not only to the podcast, but to myself as well. But beyond being a radiant star towards those around her, she is also a formidably focused athlete on some seriously impressive goals. Having steadily worked her way through the multitude of race distances in a fairly short period of time, reaching the tippy top of insanity and joining the ever-growing bunch of ultra lunatics. She does it all while juggling family and a highly pressured job, proving that there really are enough hours in the day to live life to its fullest. The journey hasn't always been smooth running, but hopefully over the next 30 to 45 minutes, we can learn all about what's come and what's yet to come for this Diamond Lass. So join me in welcoming the oddest sounding Mancunian you will ever hear to the show, the ever wonderful and always radiant Knickknack Mara Runs to the show, Nikki Sheridan. What an introduction, wow. How does it feel having an introduction like that read to you as like someone who's supported since day one? Mad. <laughs> Absolutely mad. Because I almost set the account up and I say only, time flies, doesn't it? I set the account up in 2021 as part of like the body coach community. And it was through the body coaches I started running because I thought, oh, that looks quite good getting out and about. And then when lockdown was lifted, so to speak, and we were allowed back out. I went up to Mugdock Country Park and done the 5K loop around there and loved it. And funnily enough, that was done in 40 minutes. And I thought, oh, I've done really well, you know. And now, just because I run frequently, it's it's just grown arms and legs, hasn't it, as <laughs> running does? Don't get too ahead of yourself. We'll get to those. We'll get to those. We'll get to those. <laughs> but you, you have been, I think... Oh, it is a toss up here. I would be it would be a lie to say you're the most supportive. You did have you did DM me one time when I, I highlighted a couple of like the top supporters and you you DM'd me and you said, What about me? And it reminded me of the old Anakin and Princess What's her name uh, meme. And I sent you that back and you're like, oh, I am, aren't I? I am one of the biggest supporters. And you definitely are. So you've supported not only the show, but also myself. Um, you've been such a, a radiant, positive member of the community to support us and share us, um, especially from the, from the get-go with Steve. I mean, when I don't know how many people were listening because it was um, chaotic, to say the least. But it's nice to finally have you on and learn a little bit. So you've, you, you started there, but I didn't want you to get too ahead of yourself. Um, so I think you've already started but we'll, we'll, we'll go from we'll go from the beginnings. But first off, have you run today and how are you getting on? I have not run today. I didn't run yesterday either. It was a rest day. So today is upper body. No, in fact, it's lower body today, this afternoon. I've done an ankle mobility session. Still got a core mobility sessions. Lots of little mobility sessions that make my running coach 
uh, running that beyond pesky limits. Mike Houston. <laughs> He's uh, up a lot of strength sessions for me for this block. As you know, if you follow me, I'm training for towards the John Muir Ultra, which is my first ultra marathon. So I have enrolled Mike to help me out with plans and put me through my paces, and that he is. You've enrolled someone who who's history with um ultras is varied and he's teaching you all the things you shouldn't do in in a short space of time so you learn from the, his mistakes absolutely and i think the saying is do as i say and not as i do yeah yeah but at least you've got you've got your brand new top to to uh, train in later on <laughs> what a lovely top it is we'll get it up on we'll get that video of it, it arrived like almost like it was planned through the door just as we were doing our pre-chat. So Nikki has the very first, to my knowledge, the very first premium 0.99 uh, merchandise top and a lovely black, but I, even I don't own that. I, I, haven't, I haven't gone and chipped out for that yet. It's lovely. It's lovely to wear. It's a nice quality, so would recommend. <laughs> I'll have to buy one now. Um, <laughs> before we get really going with your, your running, your one of the few guests that I've had on that I've had the pleasure of meeting in advance of a recording, very, very few, and it's usually after after the fact. Um, so it's nice to have a familiar face on. So my first question to you, not running related, uh, it's very important though, can you explain to the listeners your honest words of what I'm like in person? <laughs> oh, you're lovely. You're very tall. I don't think well, you to be quite so tall. <laughs> you're, you're normal height for, for I would say, a woman. Um, I'm exceptionally tall. Not as tall as personal best, um, but, yeah, I am a bit lanky and freakish. Wow, really? Is Al taller than you again? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, by a good, um, like a good head. Wow. Scary. He's taking my thing. It's annoying when that happens. But you were lovely. We went, we ran to Elder Park Run from we where you were staying. And I was a, I get quite nervous about meeting new people. Even if I've spoken to you on the DMs and I know that you're fine and lovely, I get really, really nauseous, not in a bad way, of meeting new people. And it's just pure excitement. I think that's 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 a normal. If you, if you don't get a little bit apprehensive meeting a strange man in a hotel lobby, um, which sounds sounds even worse actually now, doesn't it? I would I would think there was something wrong if you don't get nervous meeting someone for the very first time. Um, yeah, that was that was that was a that was a lovely run we had together. A nice nice chat because we ran to uh, Elder Park, had a lovely run around. Um, and then back again, it was a good, good couple of hours we spent running together. And yes, we never met before. It was great that you put me at ease. And as we said at the time, and I think a lot of people that use Instagram as the platform for socialising, when you do eventually meet people, it doesn't feel like the first time in person that you meet them. You've seen all the posts anyway, but that was the first on the run back from Elder Park. I can remember what junction we were crossing. My, we've already had a pre-discussion about how weird my mind is with remembering people and things. I remember what junction we were crossing and you said, well, I'm coming on the show. I remember, <laughs> I remember, right, you're, you're having me on. 
And I think you wanted to come on in season one, but <laughs> that never happened. That never happened. Didn't well, it <laughs> happened. You've got to be careful what you wish for. And then when you actually ask, I'm like, what? <laughs> why do you want me? Yeah, why do you want me on? Um, but then on the other flip side, you've already told another podcast host you're going on their podcast uh, because it was said, it was said on the episode. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a deal. But if I managed to complete a certain massive event, I was yeah. promised I would go on it. So whether whether they like it or not, you're going on. Yeah. <laughs> so this this is like maybe for 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 their for their safety and and for everyone else's. This is like a warm up for you. It's getting you used to the whole podcasting thing. Oh wow! Well, what better podcast to come on and put it at ease for my friends? Being being relaxed into it as well because we've been chatting for about an hour beforehand as well. We did. <laughs> Let's get down to, to business though and specifics. Now you 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 kind of you got a little bit ahead of yourself there right at the beginning, but can you talk to me about running and how it all began? Um you do juggle quite a lot. I know the job you do and I know it can be really stressful and the stuff that you see on a daily basis, running must really help with that. But you do also have the family, you've had studying. And then you've got a lot of the fitness as well, the strength and conditioning. Maybe start from how it started and work towards probably what was the first big, I would think from from my knowledge of you, the first big milestone, which was EMF. And then we can kind of take the rest from there, if that's all right. So fitness has always been a massive part of my life from childhood. So a lot of people don't know I played volleyball from the age of six up until about 18. My mum and dad were really supportive of that, and my sister played as well. We got quite high national level in the youth teams. We were a great team, and then, like most people, fell away from it just due to uni, life, boyfriends, what have you, entering your early 20s, and then moved up to Scotland when I was 22. Wasn't not that, not that you would know that you weren't from Scotland in the first place. <laughs> I wasn't fit at all at that stage. And when we decided we were getting married, I thought, right, I need to lose a little bit of weight. Ended up at the gym. My brother-in-law's a personal trainer. He helped me lose quite a lot of weight. It was about two to three stone I lost. Wow. And got married. Kind of was dipping in and out of the fitness yo-yoing with the weight and then in 2015 had my daughter and decided I want to get fit again so I signed up to the Glasgow 10k because my father and brother-in-law had done it the year before I thought right that'll be quite a good goal ran that and done it in an hour and 18 minutes then done the Glasgow Christmas Santa Dash 5k where you all wear the Santa suits and then didn't do anything else at all until a few years later, until after I had my second daughter. So, and then that's when COVID had happened. Obviously a stressful time for everyone. And I managed to be one of the unfortunate people to catch COVID in May 2020. At that stage, no one knew what was going to happen. Quarantined literally into my bedroom. Husband leaving dinners at doors because we didn't know what was going to happen. Locked in the bedroom for seven days, which 
as a mother of young children, might sound magic for the first couple of days, but yeah, you do go a bit stir crazy. Yeah. And then after that, I thought, no, that's it. Had enough because seeing through the job and through the news and things like that, COVID was attacking the heavier people a lot worse. Just and I thought, no, if I'm going to catch anything like this again, I want to give my body the best fighting chance. So ended up doing the Joe Wicks workouts, not the PE with Joe, the just the general ones online, and yeah. done them four or five times a week. Weight fell off, felt great signed up to his 90-day plan and through the back of that so that I wasn't annoying friends and family that weren't into fitness opened up the Instagram account. So in that whole process of of having a sporty upbringing to then not do anything, to then have child number one and then get back into it again and then have child number two and get back into it again, kind of the, the roller coaster of love-hate with it. Was it easy enough each time because of that upbringing of, and having that discipline in, in sport for you to go, you know what, I, I want to I want to get back into it again? Or was it a little bit of a fight with yourself each time? I think it was a bit of a fight, really, because a lot of it was based on food and body image and weight. And I didn't like the way I looked. Mm. That was mainly... My trigger, I hated the weight I was. So a lot of it was, I actually was joined Slimming World in 2018. And I did manage to lose a bit of weight, but I wasn't happy in myself. So it was only until really when I started doing the body coach workouts, I felt great. And as life, you know, as it would happen, I was losing weight and starting to look great and be really happy in myself. But initially, it was just more... It's the mental health side of it. That was the best part to come over. Yeah. Because as I say, I did the body coach to lose the weight to try and not be terrible if I caught COVID again. But so the, to give the body a fighting chance. With your job as well, as I kind of touched on, you see you see life, you see death, you see everything in between. And having fitness must have been quite an outlet as well then for you men mentally speaking absolutely a hundred percent that's why i still continue to this day to do it i know that if i catch a cold or i feel run down or anything if i do a workout i know it sounds really cliche like oh do a workout you can't be bothered doing a workout when you mm -hmm. feel rubbish mentally and physically Mentally, I think it's actually worse sometimes to get your butt out the door yeah, or to pick up weights in the house. But then if you miss a session and you've had a particularly tough time at work, if you miss a couple of days of going for a run, it just culminates, it kind of builds and builds and builds and culminates to the point where you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a good place. I need to do something. I need to get out. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got to coming back into it, you've done your Joe Wicks and you've created your profile. What was next up on, on the old journey towards the, the, the future goals of the John Muir way and the creating of the account? What came in between that sort of space and time? So pretty much a lot of the body coaches were runners and thought that looks quite good what they're doing so I'll go out and I'll give it a go that was your first mistake um, <laughs> yeah 
well, when I was battling through some personal issues, my outlet, apart aside from the body coach, would be to go out for a drive, just go up and see some scenery, up onto the back roads, living in Glasgow. It's lovely that you can be 20 minutes outside and you're in the hills and just listen to music, just be in your own bubble. And then it was through the drives I discovered Mugdock Country Park, and that's where the 5K you know, run came from. I got up at six o'clock one Saturday morning, was up there within half an hour, ran, and that was me back in the house for eight o'clock in the morning. Everyone's still sleeping. I'm like, this feels great. My day's set up. And it took off from there. I ended up entering the virtual ma- virtual marathon. It wasn't the marathon. It was Edinburgh Marathon Festival organisation. It was the 10K and I'd asked a couple of the body coaches, do you think I could do that? Do you think I could run? Like, yeah, you're doing great with your running. Ran around Strathclyde Park and managed to get my time to an hour and a minute. Down nice. from an hour and 18 yeah. in 2015. And that just lit something in me. And then I was brave enough later on that year in 2021 to sign up to both Edinburgh and Glasgow half marathons because I was overexcited. I done Edinburgh half marathon on bottles of water at the aid stations, no gels, no pre-race prep, no breakfast. I was just delighted to finish it and I was broken for about a week afterwards and thought I'd stress fractured my foot to the point I ended up getting the x-ray on the Wednesday because my foot was in that much pain. But from the back of that, because I had Glasgow booked, which was just as well, that could have been a turning point of, oh, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Well, no, if I've signed up to something, I'm going to see it through, definitely. And that's when I enlisted the help of my first coach, Craig Baines. He is WRB underscore coaching. I know Jamie still. Jamie still him. does, yeah. Yeah, Bainesy himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I worked with Craig for 13 months and he was fabulous. I've got quite a few PBs under him. He set me up with a structured plan. I was very supportive, but unfortunately it came to an end just because of cost of living at the time. And I just couldn't sustain it. I didn't have any goals after the marathon that I'd done, which I'm sure we will discuss. And... I ended up just taking a break from it from it for a wee while because I didn't have anything planned and I was a bit in limbo, so I didn't see the point and it, in continuing it, to pay for a coach, if I'm honest. A coach is a luxury. It's the same yeah. as effectively to, to me and I think to anyone listening. Alcohol's a luxury. Smoking's mm-hmm. a luxury. Having a car is a luxury. But mm-hmm. the biggest luxury is having a coach. I, I had yeah. a coach for a little while, but that was more to do with strength and conditioning because I am my own worst enemy for that. And it does help to have someone who you're almost worrying that's relying on you to do the exercises they're setting for you and to do the stuff they're saying. At the end of the day, they don't care because you're paying them. Mm-hmm. But you're thinking to yourself, I need to get this done. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good thing to do is, is let a coach slip. It's not great for the coach. I mean, at the end of the day, they're, that's their job. But at the same time, it's it's beneficial to you. You've got You've got a good stable base out of it. You've learned a lot from, from Craig. And like you say, he helped you get through the Edinburgh marathon. I, I think that's when just before you started your training for 
that whole journey is when we first connected. So I followed you through your whole training process yeah. and you did have, you did an amazing, you had an amazing training block. Not everything was smooth sailing, mm-hmm. but you got to the day and I think you were in the best position you probably could have been. Absolutely. Might not have gone quite the way you wanted though, <laughs> as Edinburgh has a bad habit of doing with people. Um, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit and can maybe talk about the training as well, how how you got through it and then the day itself? So it was, I remember post-marathon, post-event, you and Steve on the Edinburgh Marathon special um, episode that you put out, it was, I was so humbled when you commented on how well the training block went and just what the event can do to you. I had quite a lot of messages saying the event owes you nothing. Yeah. So don't go into something. The thing, I think the thing for me for the marathon was I had had such a good training block that on event day, I don't know if I was even overly confident because I, did, I wasn't nervous going over to the event. And that is really unusual for me to be like that. You you weren't maybe consciously nervous, mm-hmm. but subconsciously nervous may, is, is another complete thing. And Absolutely. like you say, to be humbled by, you, the, the event owes you nothing. But when you saw, maybe not, because I, I was in a different position, but when you see someone like Ryan, who, again, he, he had such a good training, a training block, same as yourself. And then to see, you don't know what the day is going to drop. You don't know what the weather is going to do. And it wasn't forecast for the horrendous heat that it had year on year now. Yeah. So I I think all being said, you did everything you could up to that point. Yeah. And post um, analysis of the event, I've now learned it was fueling. Fueling was the massive issue. I'd ate my breakfast at six o'clock in the morning, which was amazing for me. Anyone that knows me, I'm terrible for eating breakfast, but I managed to get stuff down. But then the event didn't start until 10 o'clock and I hadn't ate anything in those four hours, which mm. now, knowing what I know now, is absolutely not. You need to eat minimum an hour before if it's a banana, anything. So by the time I'd taken the third gel on the course, come 25K, that was the first time I was sick. Yeah. Got my second wind, ran another K, K and a half, two K, and then I was sick again in Gosford House. And that was it. I just had to walk all the way back from there, which because I, at that point, I wasn't even keeping water down. And I think Craig was genuinely getting really, really concerned. And we were walking past people that had passed out on the side of the road. It, it wasn't nice to witness. No. It was quite scary, actually. The, the number of ambulances, heat stroke, mm-hmm. there was a couple of heart attacks. I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately for you, is where that's where I passed you for the first time. <laughs> it was just after you'd been sick. Because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, as as positive as you and radiant as you usually are, <clears throat> yeah, you weren't in a very good place at that point. And it's a shame because... A lot of the guys online were near the finish line, Mm -hmm. supporting the likes of Lee, Susan, Ian, Rachel. There was a whole crowd of them. And that was the first time they had seen me in person. And poor Ian just said, you looked broken. He says, I'm kind of... That's a halfway mark. (laughs) 
says we kind of, you know on the way back on the way last back. All oh, right, okay, okay. He says I'm kind of glad we didn't really get to speak because it was. He says it was terrible. He's like because you'd done so so well on your training mm-hmm. walk and deserved such a better time. But at the end of the day, I'm glad of the experience now that yeah. that happened. But you, you exactly you take you you take what happened. It's a memory at the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. something you've learned from. You've experienced it. You got a medal and a T-shirt out of it, yeah. and you've you kind of can build upon it. But then, why would you put yourself under the immense insanity of running a mar- running an ultra marathon? <laughs> As I said on my stories at the time, and I've saved it in my highlights. Does. Two stories, and I'm sitting in the car when we got back straight away. My husband and the girls had gone in the house, and I says, look, I'm just going to record a couple of stories while this is quite fresh, and recorded them. And I even said at the time, it's not put me off doing a marathon or even an ultra in the future because I was well aware on that day, for me, it was a bad day. It was just a bad day, and that was that. I wasn't going to sacrifice the amount of hours of training that were put in, because I enjoyed the training as well. I loved the structure of it. And although, like, the long runs sometimes, they were hard. Well, most of the long runs are hard. Otherwise, everyone would be doing them. It's it's something to learn from. Yeah. And if you set yourself a goal and you want to go for it, go for it. Life's too short. You will go back to a marathon though at some point though. I'm never I'll never say never. Road marathon I'm not hundred percent with, but again, as I say, I will never say never. But so, at so the moment Maybe a kilder or something then. A trail obviously. marathon. Mm-hmm. Oh the trails. Trails, yeah, I love them at the moment. Yeah. We had this discussion before Refresco. I'm about people who are um trail and who people who are tar now. As much as I love trail and as much as I do them, I am a tar man. I, I am a roadrunner. Uh, so that's, in a way, it's slightly disappointing because I think you've got you've got a score to settle with a road marathon. And oh, 100%. If, if your current training is teaching you anything, is you're running a lot longer than your long sessions from Edinburgh the first time. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're able to do a lot more come a half marathon, you probably won't need any fueling now. You probably won't need any or much hydration. Depends on the day and depends on this this kind of how you're feeling on the day. I tend to not need it anymore. Mm-hmm. But you will have a lot more experience and capability under your belt if you ever decided you wanted to go back to try one. And I would love to see what you could do now because I think you would absolutely smash it. As Loch this Tar. Mm-hmm. Is it? That's. I mean, I mean we're in the middle of nowhere. I know we're in the in the wilderness, but we do have tar on some of our roads. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I was going to go back and do another marathon, that was suggested to me, and that is one. I think if I was going to go back and do any marathon that you would class road, so to speak, it probably would be Loch Ness because it's a better time of year as well. I feel in October, yeah. start of October, where the weather's a lot milder. It can be mild, it can be hot, it can be wet. It could be snowy. I mean, there's so many yeah. coulds on it. Um, normally quite lucky. It's mostly dry and then a little bit of rain. Um, and I suppose because it, it's 
I think if you if you level everything out, it is meant to be flat. It's not. You've got mostly you got a lot of downhill and you've got a lot of flat and then you've got a little bit of uphill. So when you consider it all, you're probably on a on a on a level with everything you've done. But because you've got so much committing to downhill, it's a great course for people to go nice and steady at the beginning, commit to the downhill. And then you glide along on the flat, and then there's a little bit of an uphill at the end. But it's nothing. It's nothing that's going to end your yeah. end your run. I yeah. think if I'll do any, it'd either be that or Inverness. Is Inverness not later on in the year as well? It's only a half marathon in Inverness, ah. so that's in March. The it's by same organisers, so that's why right. it's ones at the beginning, ones at the end. Yeah. So that's one to keep in mind then unless you get so lucky and get given a, a London or something, but you've already said you don't want to do that because of the noise tunnels. Um, I think if you walk in a London place, though, even like if you have crowd issues like myself, I think it'd be one of them, get over it, because yeah. London is a bit of a dream for a lot of people. I think if I was given a London place, you, you can't say no to that. Even if you Berlin walk it, yeah, well. you can't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Berlin. Berlin, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had. I've got given it yes, but otherwise no. Not paying, <laughs> Not paying that money. I'd rather go to Tokyo. Um, but yeah, let's. We'll, we'll get back on. So marathon wasn't quite what you what you hoped for, but you learned a lot of lessons from between then marathon and you got John Muir in. I want to say five weeks. Five weeks on Saturday. Five weeks on Saturday. So by the time this episode comes out, it'll be four weeks tomorrow in in podcast land terms. Um, so a month a month away from when this episode comes out. What's happened between and, and what have you what have you taken from your what you learned at Edinburgh from between then and now? Has there been any other events, or has it purely just been getting yourself in that mindset to go? I want to do an ultra. I've chosen this one. And let's just get it done. So there's been quite a lot of 10K events that have have entered, but not have entered them intentionally, but not with the intention of getting a 10K PB time. I just thought post Edinburgh, that's quite a nice distance to event on. There's not as much pressure. I was doing the Glasgow half marathon. I'd entered that after 2022 because the time that I got from that and the buzz that I got from it was phenomenal. And when I ran it just there in 2023, it was not a good race again at all, just because of the crowds and my mindset and really, really pressuring myself for time. And that's it was at that stage I said to myself, I'm not enjoying this, like the road environment. And then... In fact, it was two weeks before the half marathon. Susan had won, Susan Swarbrick Dimmock had won a couple of places to take part in Salomon Skyline. And I was incredibly honoured to be asked to be a wingman on that. And what a time we had over on the trails. It was the most fun I think I've had in a long time like in any event and I think that's just because it was on trail it was boggy it was drizzly we we had so much fun on it it was hard it was really hard but we got through it and it was the trail community we had both had our eyes open 
at that point of and for me that was the biggest turning point of this is what I want to do. I'd already booked the Newton Road race as well by that point. Managed to do that in November and get my 10k PB, which I'm delighted with now. I've no desires to chase five 10k PBs in the near future. My half marathon, I would like to get down to under two hours at some point. But you can do that on trail as well. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be on tar. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but I don't know if I'd wear my alpha flies on trail. I'm a bit precious about them. <laughs> Maybe do what Bob did and get yourself another pair and use your older ones for that. Oh, that's a good show, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me ideas. <laughs> that's why I won't I won't take the orange ones out and I won't take the threes out, the color ways, but I'm I'm slowly coming around to the idea of taking the orange ones and taking the, the, the two percenters onto the trails now. Absolutely. So what you're saying is it's Susan's fault you fall in love with trails? Partly, yeah. I think we blame her for it. <laughs> <laughs> so if everything goes swimmingly with John Muir, praise to praise to Susan. If it doesn't, boo to Susan. <laughs> well, actually, I want to do the Devil of the Highlands this year. The entry's open this weekend, which hopefully I'll have a place by the time the episode goes out. I'll hopefully have that place. And I've been in touch with quite a lot of the ultra running community and a lot of them advised, wow, that's quite an event to make your first ultra. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should do a different event. And it was only getting in touch with Ross Beveridge. He is Ross Go Runs on Instagram. It was him that suggested, well, you could do the John Muir way. That's in March. It's far enough out from the devil. It's, It'll be a good training run for you. It's a really good first ultra. It's relatively flat. It's traily. Give it a go. So if it goes really well, he gets the praise. And if it goes terribly, he gets the blame. But it's, it's effectively your spring marathon. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember Helen, Helen running mum, running it last year while I was in the throes of the Edinburgh training and thinking, I wish my event was now. I'm, I'm yeah. so envious because you see the John Muir Way Ultra, Manchester, London, all pass by you. May is quite a long time away for it to be your first marathon for a block. Yeah, it feels it feels early in the year when you're training for it, but the, mm -hmm. the, 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 when the new year comes, it just feels like a long time away. Absolutely. You're right with that. It just you just want to you want to get it over with. You feel like you're you're at your peak and you want to get it done. So do you feel like that at the moment? Because you've, you've, I've been following your your training. You've been out doing a recce or two. Do you feel that you're at that point with John Muir that you would rather be doing it now? Or do you feel that another couple of weeks and you'll be happy? No, I think a couple more weeks, definitely, because I've not done the longest run on my block yet. And I think by that time, I'll be ready for it. But I think it helps as well because it is so early on in the year. I'm not seeing other people do the longest run on the block and then they've got their event. Whereas yeah. you think to yourself, I've still got that to come. You know, when yeah. am I getting to do my longest run? Um, I think I may have forgotten. You did, your, your longest run is marathon distance, isn't it? On this planet is, yes. On this planet is. So you might even get a marathon PB out of this in your training run. 
we, we might do. <laughs> 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 I'm not, not predicting anything. I've still not Fing, even Fingers crossed the weather. I've plotted a couple of routes, but logistically, because I dropped the kids off at school at nine and they have to be picked up at three, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to PB once I drop them off because my current time for a marathon is 5.53. <laughs> the parents will be too happy at the smell of me picking the girls up but <laughs> do you have your route sorted for that as well so are you dropping the kids off and then just just like leaving straight from there at the moment i've not thought that far ahead yet okay okay because as i say logistically and i've not even said to mike yet i don't know if i'm going to even have to move the day to a weekend so that i don't have that extra stressor of getting back because I toyed with the idea of getting the train out to Barlock and then running back home, which is 26 miles. Yeah. And that, cause that's a commitment then as well. I've had people ask me that in the past, where would you advise me to run, especially locally? Yeah. Well, take the train out to the furthest point and run back because you have yeah. to get home then. It's always a get out clause. There's always public transport or the train back as long as you stay fairly close. Yeah. So that's maybe a good good solution to that as well like take the train out have a good old session on on public transport get yourself g'd up for it and then as soon as you hit the platform you can make a go absolutely and find out where the shops are for water top-ups because that's only just dawned on me as well that i can carry a liter of water in my pack at the front but i'm not really willing to carry too much more than that because that's heavy enough yeah. Yeah. Does give you the training though, if you're carrying a little bit more, the weight training of other events, other ultras that you more than yep. likely are going to sign up for now where you have to be, there's no bag drop. You have to take everything with you because that's what's going to happen now. You're going to sign up for every ultra known to man and you're in a good position for lo- like locality wise, a scattergun of ultras. What do you foresee your future to be, let's say all goes well and hopefully all will go well with John Muir and then Devil. Do you see yourself taking it a little bit more, not serious, but committing to a lot more events or is it kind of just a suck it and see at this point? Absolutely. I do have a long-term goal. Like the biggest moonshot goal for me would probably be to complete the West Highland Way event. That would be amazing. But as I said, that is a very long-term goal because I would like to do the smaller distances first to build up to that. That's me just being sensible. But I've also been advised, don't sign up to every ultra and event under the sun because you need to recover. Mm-hmm. And you can overcommit. There, there, there's, there's examples of that in the community where you overcommit um, and then you've maybe scupper your, yourself because you under deliver on what you believe you're achievable of and what you're definitely achievable of um so that's interesting i suppose because it's the more ultra runners i get on it puts me off more and more wanting to go towards it i mean that's maybe a good thing for me <laughs> maybe a good thing for me so i'll definitely be, be keeping a close eye on how you get on firstly with uh, john muir and then how you get on with the the Dava, but then we'll we'll see how you, not Dava, the Devil. You might do Dava. You might sign up for that one. I'm not going to lie. That's actually been a 
fleeting thought for the end of the year as well. I saw but, how Ryan got on with that one and how good, of course, that looks, I suppose. Well, the thing is, it's it's family as well. You need to, I need to put them first. At the end of the day, my personal perspective and role in life is I'm a mum first. Yeah. That's the most important job for me, aside from everything else. Are the girls sorted? That's my number one. And then everything else after that comes after it. That's maybe, because I have thinking now, seeing the time, thinking, wrapping things up, that's possibly a good a good place to take it to. How do the girls and how do the family um, take the, the, the disappearance of mum? Is it proving to be, because they're still quite young yet, is it an inspiration to them? Are you seeing they're having more of an interest in in maybe their own PE and, and fitness at school or are they maybe a little bit too young to really see that much of a, a difference? No, they've started doing junior park runs. We've not done as many of them of late because I've been working and trying to earn the extra money to afford this new habit. <laughs> <laughs> but the dad has taken them up to a couple of the junior park runs and the oldest is about to get a half marathon band. So oh. she's loving that because she does taekwondo as well. The smallest one isn't so fussed about mm. it, but definitely my oldest. And there's an event coming up soon that's a 5K, a 10K and a 2K. And I says to her, do you want to do the 2K? She's like, no, mum, I want to do the five. And she's not run further than three. So she wants me to do a little training block for her. But that event's going to be on the 1st of June. So that's all positive then. It's all and 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 hubby, is he made any any signs of of interest or is he just leaving that to you? Absolutely not. I don't I think it'll be more of a challenge to peel him off his Xbox. (laughs) Wow. I mean we all have to have our advices in life, don't we? Absolutely. (laughs) Like yourself, Steve, he's a gamer. Yeah. But well, very very few people who listen to this podcast know about my crippling uh, addiction to <laughs> online gaming. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so before we before we really do wrap things up, um, can you share your social handle? I, I think it's just Instagram, isn't it? With anyone that's maybe listening and doesn't already follow you, so they can follow your journey for the last yeah. couple of weeks, uh, especially with the five, four or five weeks before John Muir? So my handle is Nicknat Mararuns. Feel free to send me a DM. Is that I'm not going to change soon? Is that not going to be Nicknat Ultra Runs? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a thing. Fast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that it's a, it's a must for ultra runners, isn't it? I mean, it's the bragging point. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, well, no, that's been spot on having you on, uh, Nikki. It's been very, I suppose, as disjointed, I suppose, as Carl's because we've been chatting for so long that I, I feel like I've, I've maybe got everything out of my system already, like the hour before the, the episode uh, recording. But it's it's truly is, is, is fantastic to finally get you on, especially uh, as, as a big supporter of the show. So thank so you very fine. much. Thank you for having me on. And I just want to say that you and Runner Man Steve got me through so many long runs. It really looks like when you released an episode, it kind of pained me to 
leave it. What? <laughs> I, I know. I mean, how many people have slated us or slated me in the past for having episodes too long? And it's the first time someone's actually complimented the fact of our tangentness or craziness. Because when you put out a long episode, I was like, oh, brilliant. This will do me for the run. And it was great and it was it got me through really, really tough blocks because you two were just chatting away about your plans and then chatting to the guests and it was a brilliant distraction. So if we've done that for anyone today doing this interview, I hope we've helped. Hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Right. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I mean, you know you've got your your we've got your your fitness and your strength and conditioning and everything coming up but definitely all the very best for John Muir and then when the devil comes around the devil comes a calling your hair at least matches that Absolutely. and hopefully it will at the time so I hope you I hope you have a fantastic time Nikki thanks Steve like I said not my smoothest interview so far but I did love having Nikki on the show finally. I remember it was at the pedestrian crossing between Govan Road to Golsby Street near Elder Park back in June of last year that Nikki told me she was going to be a guest on the show. I don't even think that was a request, it was a statement, but when I rolled up to ask her to join the fabulous list of guests, she was like, why me? As the true everyday runner I feel the majority of listeners can associate not only with Nikki's story but also her Instagram as well where maybe people like myself or more obviously David Wright might be on the outer reaches of the everyday runner category at the moment more so when it comes to race pace and times. As a lunatic moving into the avenue of ultra marathons though I'm not even sure that Nikki really cuts the mustard for an everyday runner now, with that being the case. Anyway, she wanted me to add that joking aside about her husband, he really has been a massive support for everything she's been doing and what she's building up to. Without supportive partners, parents, friends and relatives when you have kids, these sorts of adventures and activities would be so much harder to achieve. John has backed her every step of the way. My comment about a crippling gaming addiction is loosely true, by the way. So I'm all for John getting in that relaxation with a bit of Xbox or PlayStation action. By the way, that is loosely what my new podcast is about, but more on that in a few weeks time. Nikki would also like to point out the amazing amount of support she's been getting from her running club, Imagine that, forgetting your own running club. It really does go to show how thrown we both were catching up. It was more like the tangential everyday chat of days gone by with runner man Steve than a structured interview. Anyway, her club are the Mount Vernon runners, so shout out to them. News on who will be joining me in episode four will of course come on Monday. All being well, it will be another lover of a dirty weekend on the trails. Looking at how this season's panning out and the guests, it's at least four ultra crazies. So I've got to learn a few lessons 
for myself and season five when I'm booking the guests. That's about it for today though. So until episode four rolls around, I hope you have a fantastic week, no matter what you're getting up to. Stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you will as always hear from me soon.